It's here, David. Um, it's upon us. What is it? The end of times. Why now? It's over. It, what is it? 2019 was fun while it lasted, but the world is coming to an end. It's finally here. The end of... End of days! And, okay, so... I don't mean to make light of this, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the Mayans thought the world was going to end in 2012, and that... I'm glad they did that, though, because it spawned a wonderful film. Yeah. Um, that was sarcasm. That movie wasn't there very... Mayans were slightly off... Were they? ...with their projections, um, mostly because they didn't see the onset of zombie deers. Uh, that's right. In 2019, we have zombie deers. Let me read a little bit of this horrifying... Uh, tale to you a deadly infection that's become known as zombie deer disease is spreading across north america um there are 26 states where this virus is found and it attacks deer elk and moose so what why are you just going to leave the mook and the, the mook the mook the moose and the elk out of it man if i were a moose and i was getting a disease and yeah. it was called the deer disease i'd be like come on now i guess it's kind of like swine flu though no one complained about swine flu not being called, like, people flu. Is this something similar going on? I wonder if the elk feel left out and the moose feel left out. I didn't hear the penguins complaining about bird flu, just a generic bird. Because when you think birds, the last thing you think is penguin. I don't know. There are some people out there who love penguins. And it's their favorite bird. Yeah. So they might go penguins first. So this disease, it attacks the brain, spinal cord, and uh, other tissues in the deer, and... It causes, before killing the deer, which it always will, it causes them to lose weight, lose coordination, and become violently aggressive. Okay, I can see why they might say that that sounds zombie-esque. Yeah. And... Pseudo-zombie-like. Right. Um, so right now it's... That's it, a very healthy-looking deer, though. I mean, the photo they could have gotten could have been like a more... I mean... So it's in like half of the continental United States... And uh, two, two, uh, provolone in Canada. Two provolone? Provolone. Is that like that's kind the, of cheese? Uh, that's a provolone. Is it, is it how you say uh, uh, state in, in uh, how you say Canadian? I think mm. that means province. Oh, yes. Either that or the type of cheese. That's really good on Subway sandwiches. So, so Sweet and chicken known- teriyaki. With provolone cheese, yeah. or as you like to say, the provolone cheese provolone. is where it's at. Mm. That's good. So we've known about this don't disease toast my for bread. like 40 years. Don't toast my bread. Subway employees, don't toast my bread. If I wanted something crunchy, I would get something crunchy. Okay. You go to Quiznos. I, I don't. I don't like like. Don't make a sand like a sandwich is for convenience. Like a sandwich takes all these things we're trying to eat and puts it puts it between two things I can hold in my hand and eat. It's supposed to make things easier. My, to eat. Uh, Don't make it more difficult to eat by making it hard and crunchy. And you know, my ancestor invented the sandwich. Mm, I yeah. Look it up. Look up the Earl of Sandwich. Montague, John John Montague. You don't even know his name. It's a Montague. Look him up. My ancestors invented the airplane. <laughs> You're welcome, world. It was we were gonna get there eventually with the but airplane. did we? Orville Redenbacher. No, no, Wilbur and Orville Wright. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay. Not related back, to the popcorn guy. Back to the serious issue at hand. Um, let me just read. Okay, so 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 far, 
They haven't found it to be transferable to humans, but it will be, right? Um, I mean... They have found that it's transferable to macaques. Macaques who eat some of the infected uh, flesh. Remind me what a macaque is. For, I mean, I think I know what a macaque is, but I feel like some of the audience might not know yeah, who, I, what a macaque is. So I know what a I'm macaque is. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. What in the world is a macaque? A macaque is a very uh, cute-looking monkey. Okay, okay. We have macaques, cute little monkeys, living in America? I don't know. Maybe they, you know, like a Blue Apron type situation where they had venison shipped to Japan where the macaques live. Okay, okay. So a Japanese monkey is known to be infected by this American deer disease? This thing has global implications, David. I mean, it already has. (laughs) This deer disease has crossed the Pacific Ocean somehow, the world's biggest body of water. But it can't go across the state of Texas? Like, what? Yeah. Why well, are we- okay. Here's the scariest thing. Okay. They, okay. Again, they, they haven't found that an actual human can contract it. But I mean, how close se- are we to a macaque? But obviously. a study found that laboratory mice with some human genes could be infected. That's according to the CDC. Two questions. Really, just one big question. Why are there mice with human genes? Do we want to create. A super race, because mice can never be killed. That's an established fact. Do we want to combine human genes with mice, the most powerful animals on the earth? Yes. May I explain why? Okay. Master Splinter from Ninja Turtles. Boom. Do you want a million Master Splinters running around with nefarious intentions? Well, of course not with nefarious intentions. Don't put them in a box. Master Splinter is a wonderful, And he was a sewer rat. Exactly. So he came from the worst of the worst. Yeah. But don't be fooled by the staff that he's got. He's still splinter from the sewers. The takeaway, either we all die this year from zombie deer disease. Sure. Or next year from superhuman rats. Which would you rather have? The the zombie deer disease that turns zombie deers into zombie deers and then eventually us, of course. Or a human-sized rat attack. Or human rat attacks. I mean, that's a good one. So would you rather yourself be infected and die? Yeah. I mean, it attacks your brain and spinal cord, so I don't think you'd be aware of what's going on to your body while it's happening. Right. Uh, or would you rather be mauled to death by a giant rat man? I would hope... Okay, I'd choose giant rat man because I would hope that maybe there was some gene splicing anomaly that, that somehow gets transferred to me, and I would then take on some of those powers. Sure. Uh, and I'd be close to death, but but I'd... I'd survive and in my recovery I'd, I'd assume these these superhuman animal powers and i would be the one to defeat the the rat human race okay i feel like we should come up with a name for this future self that you've created i don't want to say character because it makes it seem like fiction puppy monkey baby puppy monkey baby puppy monkey baby why the tongue? Have you not seen the commercial? No. The Puppy Monkey Baby commercial? No. Oh my goodness. We're going to Google that after the show. I thought you would go for the low-hanging fruit and go with like Rat Man or something like that. No, 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 Puppy Monkey Baby. Oh, This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only show where you get to learn about rare infectious diseases. Oh, there's an invasion... Of polar bears in Russia. 50 polar bears have invaded this northern town, including buildings and homes. Um, Not confirmed whether or not they have zombie polar bear disease, but things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. 
Stay close to those you love. Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports. Couple of guys talking sports, talking into the world scenarios. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, as long as those services exist. Because the, oh, the world's about to end. Yeah, until the grid is completely shut off. Uh, subscribe, like, review, www.subjectivelycorrect.com, at AG Montague, at DB Henderson, 1515, subjectivelycorrect at gmail.com. That's all. You can email yeah. us. That'd be cool. So, I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> I leaned into the microphone. I was ready to roll. Not much is, it matters when you know the, uh, the world's coming to an end. Yeah, that, and there is an advertisement for another story about Lindsay Lohan on this, and she is unrecognizable. Like, I don't even know. Is Lindsay Lohan the one that was on The Parent Trap when she was a kid? Yes. Something I wanted to explain. So, if you want, like, serious, hard-hitting sports news, this probably isn't your show. Yes. All right, I think... Established. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty established, right? Especially because we spent the first eight minutes talking about deer diseases and polar bears. Uh, but I promise... Could have been worse, David. It could have been nine. Well, we've we bridged that gap. Yeah, we're there now. But if if you're looking for the serious sports stuff, watch like ESPN two or something like that. News. Yeah, watch ESPN ooze, and then uh, and then come to us for the for the maybe more of the breakdown type stuff and, and things like that. But we do promise we'll get into some serious sports stuff every now and again. You just have to wade through the silly to get there. Because mm. we don't take our sports too seriously. We, we love our sports. Sip Lakers um, and Dodgers, fight me. I don't want to fight you about sports. I think I just spent time in our podcast explaining why I wouldn't want to fight you over that. Back off. All right. I'm being the opposite of aggressive. Okay. I'm being very All right. You're right. passive. You're right. You're right. And you're coming, ranks out. coming up. I think what's going on here. Time. I think what's going on here is Anthony has a lot of built-up tension and anger over the trade deadline. Because instead of getting Anthony Davis, you made everybody angry on the team. Yeah. So, the whole league hates the Lakers. For obvious reasons. And the Lakers hate... The the young Lakers now don't like the team. Makes sense. Uh, so... I don't know. I think this is kind I think of their first. I think they'll get over it. I mean, it's their first being on the trading block moment. There are very few players that are never, ever on the trading block. And those players yeah. are like KD, Steph, LeBron James... I would even trade James Harden if the right deal came along. Yeah. So, okay. So, our last week's show we talked about Giannis is Anthony Davis was going to be a Laker. All the momentum was leading that way. It's clear Chris Dabbs can be traded. Uh, it appears now the Pelicans were just negotiating in bad faith, just kind of playing the Lakers. I wouldn't trade Embiid. Um, I'd trade Embiid. You would trade Embiid? For the right player. For who? Who would you trade Embiid for? Mm. Exactly. Mm. Well, Maybe, probably Zion. Zion. <laughs> He's an unknown, though. Now, I did. There is an amazing video going around the interwebs of him jumping from, like, under the basket and blocking someone's three-point shot. No, he's, like, halfway between the the key and the three-point line. I was setting the scene. I was painting a picture with my words. It was a beautiful word picture. It was Pat Summerall. And you ruined it. Yeah. Um, and he jumped and blocked three-point shot and he landed out of bounds it was one of the most athletic things i've ever seen like you you if that were on a track and field field uh he, 
he would have won a gold medal. Like, I think he's, he's yes. definitely got that athleticism to, it, he could do whatever he wanted. He would definitely earn the gold medal and maybe get the world record in the blocking three-point shots event at the Olympics. Yeah. Yep, undisputable. All right. So, NBA tampering. Let's talk about that for a minute. So, the Lakers have been accused of tampering um, yet again today. It has nothing to do with Anthony Davis this time. Okay. Let's, I guess, recap the Anthony Davis deal. He didn't get traded to the Lakers. didn't get traded anywhere. Pelicans, it seems, had no intention of trading him. Um, they're waiting until the summer. They think better offers will come along via Cone, whoever. I don't care. If, we, if Lakers get Anthony Davis, great, but... Hold up. Did you just say via Cone? Yes. Like, could you explain that to the people, maybe, what Viacon means? That's oh, a Spanish thing. Yeah. There's a there's a saying, Viacon Dios, it's go with God, like, peace be with you. Yeah, it's like, like saying peace be with you or God be with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like, I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of threw in a, two Spanish words in our English podcast, and I was like, maybe we should explain what Viacon means, because yeah. I guarantee there's some people that were like, what did he just say? Anyway. Yeah. Um, not everyone's bilingual, Anthony. <laughs> so. Well, not everyone in America is bilingual. <laughs> Let's let's catch up to the rest of the world. The rest of the world speaks like three languages by the time they're like three months. We can barely get one done by the time we're 30. That's true. And that's even debatable for most people. But it's a hard language. There are very few rules that are kept. That's true. But still, by the age 30, you should be able to decode your own language that you hear every day and use every day, right? Yeah. So trade deadline passed. There were some some big moves. You know, Tobias Harris got traded from the Clippers to the 76ers. They have a starting five that looks very formidable, especially in the East. And especially in the playoffs where there are no back-to-backs, and so starters' minutes go up. The Raptors uh, traded away uh, uh, Jonas Valanciunas for Marc Gasol, who, you know, present-day Marc Gasol is not five years ago Marc Gasol, but he's probably an upgrade over Jonas Valanciunas. And maybe helps in the playoffs. But how much does Marcus Gasol's game help you in today's NBA? Has well, the game he's extended Mar- his game a little bit. But, a little bit, but yeah. I I don't know. Come playoff time, when you're dealing with guys like I, I don't know, but those big men that move around, like the KDs and the Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world, does Marcus Gasol really help your team that much? I mean, even guys like Lamarcus Aldridge are kind of being left behind in today's NBA. Well, he'll he'll be a very serviceable NBA player, absolutely, mm. but. They're being overshadowed and overtaken by these athletic freaks like Porzingis and Antetokounmpo and Embiid and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. Yeah. When I ever, whenever yeah. I see a, bit, a traditional big man get moved around, I think that's basically a net zero for both teams because they're, they're not really that important anymore. Yeah, they can like dominate a particular game, but I think over the course of a season or the course of a, a playoff series, um, it's not going to move the needle like like. 10 years ago with Shaq, right? I mean, he was the last... I think he's probably the last, like, big man who affected the outcome of the playoffs. Right. But I feel like Toronto might be a special case with Marcus Gasol, and it might work out with him, because if you want him there, you probably want a rim protector. So if you have an elite rim protector and you have an elite perimeter defender in Kawhi, maybe that combination, just having those two guys on the floor surrounded by shooters, will be enough to lock down the perimeter and the interior while you're still getting the offense from the shooters. Because that, I think, is the most important thing in today's NBA. If you have a rim protector, someone who can play D on the perimeter, and then you have guys that can score the basketball from any point. And Kawhi can handle the ball handling responsibilities a lot. He handles the ball pretty well. He won't necessarily create a lot of shots for other guys, but he's at least enough of a ball handler that if you surround him with shooters, he'll at least get the job done a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well... 
But I still worry about giving Marcus all a lot of minutes, considering how he's aging and things like that. And uh, I don't know. I think he's lived in Memphis a long time, and that has to wear you down a little Since bit. Since high school, yeah, that's like, got to high school. That's got to wear you down a little bit, right? I mean, he played against Zach Randolph for years <laughs> in practice, and that guy was a tank. You know what I mean? He was an absolute beast. I, he's one of those athletes that you watch him play, and you're like, you know, you don't look like an athlete. So what do you do? It's like, oh, I'm a professional. I'm a professional gamer. It's like that makes sense. But then when he tells you, I'm a professional basketball player, you're like, nah, in China? Because he just has that kind of roly-poly athleticism. He's like a bigger Antoine Walker. And I mean bigger in a couple ways. He's taller, but he also just looks a little thicker than Antoine Walker. How, how much do you have to eat to put on weight as a professional basketball player? Like, I did one sprint down the hallway at my school today to race one of the track kids, uh, seventh grader because they did their track practice inside today and that was I mean at 30 that was kind of a little bit of a workout especially doing it cold you know but imagine doing that over and over and over again every day and then still putting on weight I mean whatever Antoine Walker and whatever Zach Randolph had going on they were putting it down man like I imagine like go to like all you can eat buffets every other day type of putting it down like imagine the sushi that Zach Randolph could pound he probably walks in and the chef's like, I'll go, red alert. And they like all run back and start hand rolling more sushi for Zach Randolph because you know he's going to put it away. Another legendary eater in the NBA, Steven Adams. Have you seen that guy eat? There are like whole like 30-minute segments on him just eating. It's the craziest thing, man. He'll just eat and eat and eat. He'll get like extra. And the thing that surprises me the most is it's in today's NBA, right? It's a pretty mo much of the modern era. I feel like if you were playing against like the older guys, like Sean Bradley is not going to like out-athletic you if you're Zach Randolph. But they played it in an era where the game was changing, becoming more and more athletic, and they still held their own being those roly-poly types of guys. You know what I mean? That's super impressive to me. Paul Pierce reminds me of that same type of player too, but I think he's like all first team, like roly-poly all-star athlete. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I feel like basketball is one of those sports where that just shouldn't ever happen but it happens in baseball all the time i mean bartolo Colon is like the poster child for that type of thing and we all love us in bartolo Colon, even though he was like a i don't know like a steroid user and like actually got but of course it all starts with babe ruth so i think that's the origins of that what do you think? I disagree. All right, that's your opinion. Yeah. So, all right. So the Lakers have been accused of tampering today. Oh, have they? Yes. It's all over the the Twitter sphere. Um, it kind for, of for those of you who don't know, that's Twitter. It's Twitter. But it's a you know it's basketball, so it's a sphere. I thought I thought basketballs were flat. Yeah. Shout out Kyrie. So the Lakers played the 76ers yesterday. They lost by like 20-something points. Whatever. That's secondary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Losing's become secondary for your favorite basketball team? Oh, I, This is a lost year, man. LeBron missed 17 games. Lonzo Ball's out with six weeks with a severe sprain. Like, I hope they do well. I hope they make the playoffs. But if they don't, I'm not going to worry about it. Never count out LeBron James. Uh, they're like a game and a half back uh, from the eighth seed. I think they'll make it. But... Never count out LeBron James. So, weird story that came out today that uh, Ben Simmons contacted the Lakers to ask if he could work out and pick the brain, work out with and pick the brain of Magic Johnson this summer. 
if you wanted to kind of work out with, talk basketball with various NBA legends that he thought would help him develop as a player. Magic Johnson kind of most closely resembles the type of player he was, a 6'9 point guard. That can't uh, shoot? That, you know, Magic could shoot some, but it wasn't his game, really. Um, he was creative with the ball, dynamic scorer. Great on the fast break. Great on the fast break, super athletic, especially for his day. Um, dude, get on with it. I mean, you're sitting there praising Magic Johnson. Just get on with it, dude. So Sometimes you talk so, Rob, so much. So Rob Polinka contacts Elton Brand, who is the GM of the 76ers. Okay, uh, Former Laker? Clipper. Clipper. And then former 76er. Uh, and uh, essentially asked him if it was okay for all, Magic to... Is Elton Brand on the all-out-of-shape team? Probably. Nice. Uh, if it was okay for, for Simmons and Magic to get together. And Elton Brand shut it down and said no. Yeah. And that was like a month ago. And for some reason, the story came out today that that had happened. And it was Magic who brought it up. And like, it didn't seem like there was like a real reason for him to bring it up. He was just like talking to a pool of reporters and it came out. He just brought it up kind of unnaturally. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what has been on my mind. Like, and Bob, so, like Bob Ross painting a picture. And so the Lakers have a, a history since Magic has been there of, Just a happy little laugh, of tampering, right? So there's these tampering rules which basically say that someone from Team X cannot talk about player from Team Y with the um, intent to, to motivate that player to change their, their current team. Whether it is to, to recruit them to their own team or to a different team that you're not supposed to essentially talk about or to other players who are under contract with another team. Okay, that's the general rule. And so people are, including reporters and teams, are saying that Johnson just talking about this incident is a violation of the NBA tampering rules. Uh, so if we would have kept it a secret, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But because he talked about it, it's suddenly tampering. So yeah. the act itself was So being tampering. transparent about it is now tampering. Johnson was fined, I don't know if you remember this, he was fined last year for talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was fined $50,000. Just for talking about how he would love to have him as a Laker, right? No. What did he say? No. Here's what he said and why he was fined $50,000. He said, um, I'm just ha- this was like right before the All-Star game. I'm just happy he's starting in the All-Star game because he deserves that. And he's going to be like an MVP, a champion. This dude, he's going to put Milwaukee on the map. And I think he's going to bring them a championship one day. Bring them a championship, Milwaukee. There was nothing in his quote about, I want him to be a Laker. He praised his game, like generally, right? Uh, And said he's going to help Milwaukee bring a championship to the city. But that was it. And he was fined $50,000. And so people are saying that the mere fact that he's letting out that Ben Simmons might want to talk to him is kind of like a signal to the 76ers. That Ben Simmons wants to be a Laker. Okay. Um, so, all right. It's such a soap opera, man. Yeah. It's such a weird soap opera. It really is. And I think it was Pablo Torre from ESPN who kind of coined that NBA is a, is a soap opera for grown men and basketball fans. But here's my question. Like, what what is the, the tampering rule intended to prevent? Like... Tampering. Yeah. But, like, what... Okay, are we all operating under the premise that the Lakers or the Knicks or any other team wouldn't want the best players on their team? Here's my question. If the GM of the Detroit Pistons said that exact same thing about Giannis, 
would anyone have batted an eye at that? I almost guarantee you no. No. In fact, the the GM of the Bucks was fined today $25,000, but only after the Lakers and other people had protested that he deserves to be fined for basically saying that we want players like Anthony Davis on our roster, right? And that, that sat out there for over a week, and, uh, and it was, he was finally fined today. But then finally the Lakers and other teams were like, wait a minute, that's yeah. a little bit of a double and he was standard. And he was fined $25 for saying we want Anthony Davis on our roster. A whole $25? $25,000. Oh, $25,000. Magic Johnson was fined $50,000 for saying Giannis is going to bring a championship to Milwaukee. That's more than most teachers make in a year. Um, but like, but really, does the NBA think that by issuing these fines, one, it's going to solve tampering, like stop tampering, or two, like do they do they think that by by a GM or anyone from a team publicly saying that player is good, we would want them on their team, that that will actually influence what happens, like. In the days of Michael Jordan, do you think if the Phoenix Suns GM said, you know what we'd really like, we'd really like a Michael Jordan on our team, <gasps> that Michael Jordan would have been like, oh, the Suns want me? <laughs> well, I'm not going to resign with the Bulls. The Suns want me. I could play with Charles Barkley and an assortment of other players? Please. You mean there's another team that would want my services? The greatest to ever play the game? Up until LeBron. Thank you. Mm. Um, right, so... so is this actually solving anything? Do we think that there's other tampering not going on? Like, July 1st at midnight, right, is, is the free agency deadline every year, right? And within 30 seconds of midnight, what happens? Load bomb. There's 10 deals announced. Do we think that prior to July 1st, there was no discussion happening? Oh, man. This is just what has been talked about publicly. Yeah. There's so much going on behind the scenes. I wouldn't be surprised if there are carrier pigeons that carry messages between basketball arenas. <laughs> Untraceable. Yeah. Unless you find the pigeon and, and follow it. Mm-hmm. In which case, it's quite traceable. Uh, I think but you know what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... just text. Then just destroy the phone like Tom Brady. You encrypt it. You use Mark Cuban's uh, Cyberdust. Ooh, but then he would have access to it probably. I'm sure he has some backdoors in mm, his stuff. You know what I mean? So might. stay away from Mark Cuban stuff if you're a basketball player. So this whole tampering thing because is just, it's dumb. But the things that come out publicly that these guys are saying are pretty innocuous. And I promise there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and in private that goes beyond what we would consider even minor tampering. Yeah. It goes beyond into the realm of this is absolutely tampering. I mean... LeBron James saying, hey, I have friends and I'm going to go spend some time with my buddies. You know, he's trying to recruit players all the time. Every time he goes over to a player during a game and covers his mouth and they talk, you know it's because they're probably talking about, hey, you want to come play here or whatever. I mean, yeah. him and Anthony Davis went and had lunch, had dinner for crying out loud. Mm. It's like, that's not tampering. Yeah. But if a GM mentions that Giannis Antetokounmpo or Anthony Davis are really good players, that's tampering. It's just weird. It's like we're asking we're asking team officials to be blind, right? And it's not like they're coming out and saying, NBA, I have a message for you. We love this player, right? It's a reporter saying, what do you think of Giannis Antetokounmpo? I think he's really good. He's a great player. Yeah, he's going to be a champion. Get your day. wallet out. Get your wallet out if you want to throw a compliment somewhere. People talk about how great LeBron James is all the time. And we get mad at players for skipping a press conference. Yeah. We want them to talk. We want them to speak their mind. We want them to be honest, truthful. But when a team official says a very accurate compliment about a player, everyone is gets up in a tizzy, David. A tizzy. I don't know if it quite reached tizzy levels. 
I would say there was a hullabaloo, though. I mean, definitely a hullabaloo. Yeah. Uh, Maybe if it, if it, it had gone on a couple days more at that intensity, I would say it was a tizzy. But I think we were just at hullabaloo levels. So this other thing with, with uh, Anthony Davis, he he was fine as well, or his Rich Paul was fine. Either, I'm not sure who the fine was actually issued to for publicly saying he wanted a trade. So either Rich Paul or his agent got fined for publicly demanding a trade? Yeah. And so the question that, that you see people asking is, is it better for the team, for its star player to say with advance notice, be it a year, a year and a half, before the contract ends, I want, I am not going to resign with you. If you want to get something for me, you should trade me to make that publicly known versus not saying anything and just not resigning with the team. Like if you were the team, which situation would you rather have? A perhaps weakened position from a leverage standpoint in trading your all-star or not having any notice and going through the calculus yourself of, well, he hasn't told us he's going to resign. Should we trade him? Right? Yeah. And so I and maybe possibly alienate a, a player who was going to resign anyway. Yeah. So look at look at the current state of the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both of them have something in common. LeBron James has recently left their team, and he did it as a free agent that just cut bait and went to another yeah, team. They did right? not get anything in return. Right. And because of that, their franchises are stuck in. For in the Heat's case, they might be in a worse position because mm-hmm. they're a mediocre team that's always around 500. NBA purgatory, yeah. Yeah, who's never going to get a good draft pick. So they're never going to see the Zion Williamsons. The Cleveland Cavaliers, it's kind of their jam. They're either winning championships with LeBron James or they're getting the first pick in the draft. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it makes sense yeah. to if you're a, an NBA team to look at those situations and say, we don't want to be where the Cavaliers are and where the Heat are. We want to do something different. We want to trade our players away. So... The players have more power. The teams also get an asset, get assets back for their star players, and they don't lose their star players. I guess it just all depends on where the team is. If the team has a chance to win a championship, you absolutely don't trade away your best players. You hang on to them. Mm-hmm. But these players like, like the New Orleans Pelicans, who are not anywhere near they've championship had for, level. They've had Anthony Davis for seven years. You got to trade him and get rid of him and get something back. Once maybe. Yeah. Twice. Uh-huh. And you could you could follow the Celtics plan. Old Danny Angel over there still has draft picks he doesn't know what to do with mm-hmm. from all the deals and the trains that trades that he's made. So I mean if I were the Pelicans, I'd do something like that. Yeah. And and here's the thing. It, your position can be severely impacted when you say, I only want to be traded to X team, right? Yeah. And that I can I get a team's frustration over that, right? That limits your your negotiate negotiating power. Um so if if you're told by that player hey, I want to be traded. I think you have to say, okay, is there nothing we can do? If there's nothing we can do, we'll trade you. Give us a list of teams you'd be happy to play for. We will try to trade you to those teams. and But we're going to do what's best for us. And so if a better opportunity comes up, that's where we'll trade you. You try and keep it as in-house as possible. So Because once it gets out in the media... The leverage... That, that's when the problem starts. Leverage goes away, right? These types of talks happen all the time in private, in the NBA, the NFL, major yeah. leagues. They happen all the time. The only time it gets upsetting for any party is when the public gets to know about it. So there are all sorts of little feuds and fights between GMs and teams and agents going on all the time behind the scenes, but it's these public things that the players and the GMs and the coaches don't like. So while the fans are craving all of this NBA drama and all these stories about who's going where, who's talking to who, and all this stuff, 
it's the GMs and the players like Kevin Durant, for example, recently has been very frustrated with everyone asking him about free agent talk. It's like, well, that's kind of the biggest story in the NBA right yeah. now is where you're going to go next year. But as long as the stuff stayed private in the locker room or in the offices of the GM, no one would care. But yeah. these reporters are insatiable. They know that the next big NBA story about some transaction is going to be the hottest ticket in town. So they're if going to they go chase story, those stories. If they break a story, it makes their career, right? If, yeah. they, if you if you have the intel on where Kevin Durant's going to sign in the summer, um, what is going on? <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I happened to see myself do... I said, yeah. Did you, I did you a Stephen A reaction? Well, it's just like my jaw or something. Well, yeah. Also, Ke- Kevin uh, Durant, uh, uh, I, you know, okay, I, uh, on one hand, I do sympathize with his rant, but other, also it's like, don't sign one-year deals. Don't sign short-term deals, right? Like, if you're sign, if every contract you're signing is like one-year or two-year deals, like, of course, there's going to be speculation that you're going to leave. It's like a guy agreeing to go on The Bachelor and being like, I'm just sick of all this attention from all these girls. Exactly like that. Mm-hmm. All-Star Weekend's coming up. I guess I'm excited about that. I kind of wanted that. to let my Bachelor comment sit for a second to oh. let it soak in because I feel like it was an absolute, I hit the nail on the head and it was exactly what the audience needed to hear to understand exactly what I was saying. And I feel like that should have like rang like like the last note in a symphony. So you didn't want me to talk. No, no. I wanted that to ring through the concert hall like a concert pianist. So you feel like I've been talking too much. Absolutely. Like you kind of just talked over my awesome comment. Yeah. Kind of hurt my feelings a little. Okay. Well, NBA All-Star Weekend's coming up. Yeah, I guess. LeBron uh, drafted all of the soon-to-be free agents. The all-tamper team? Yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> That's a uh, shout-out to me and Al Hassan for calling it the all-tampering team. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, we've talked about our uh, feelings on All-Star games before. They don't mean anything. They can be fun. Really There's fun. No, no defense played, so Harden's going to score 83 points. He's going to start shooting step-back threes. If I were him, I would just never dribble. I would just walk around everywhere without dribbling. Here's the thing. My, my, uh, I'm going to put this out there. I think he's going to score less than his season average. I like that. Because I like that. no foul calls. There's like not going to be any foul calls because there's no defense. Right. If there's no defense, there's no foul calls. Right. And he lives at the line. He does. So that's my, that's my prop bet of the week. Take that to the bank. And smoke it. I don't think that's how that works. Mm-hmm. In fact, I worked at a bank for a while. If you smoked at a bank, we'd be like, sir, please don't smoke at a bank. Okay. I'm sure you have more all-star stuff. Uh, Not really? Curry Brothers. What about them? In three-point contest? Don't care. Don't really. I want a Zion Williamson showcase at the, at the, the dunk contest. Ring. Yes, I just I, want him to be in the dunk contest against uh, 20-year-old Vince Carter. Oh. Vince Carter. I'd, I'd rather have Vince Carter in the dunk contest now than some of the guys that they put in the dunk contest. You know what I mean? I think he might win. Oh, he's so fun to watch. And uh, that rev up celebration, that's awesome. Oh, wrong hand. I got to switch it. <laughs> uh, but then, no, that looks like something else. Gongam style. That's what that looked like. I mean, to the idea, if you remember, like, Kung Fu Panda. How he was putting on all this weight and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, who cares? Baseball's that sport where you can do that. Now, if Kung Fu Panda was playing football or, or basketball, of course, you would never be able to get there. And don't even get me started on soccer players. If you find a Husky soccer player, you let me know. Because the Husky soccer players, man, that would be fun to see. Like, whenever you create a player in FIFA, maybe, I would love for you. What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't shut me out. Whatever, dude. All right. So... 
we've talked a little bit about baseball free agency. It's amazing how there are no transactions going on in baseball, and then one transaction happens in basketball, and everybody loses their minds, right? I really do feel like it's the Joker from The Dark Knight, where he's like, I kill one mayor, and everyone loses their minds. And I feel like that's how it is on... Uh, scary. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I never really get called scary a lot. I, I've never been called intimidating. I can't imagine why. But... Baseball is going through this weird thing right now, and there's been a lot of complaints about it, about free agents just aren't getting signed. There's been so little action. I mean, they call it the hot stove during the summer, and I've mentioned before that they have to give it a fancy name to make people to pay attention to it, but it hasn't even been the lukewarm stove. Yeah. It's been the cold stove. And by summer, you mean winter. Ah, whatever. See, I don't even I don't even care to remember what time what time of year this takes place. But that's the thing. I'm a huge. I love baseball. I grew up loving and watching and playing baseball. I used to be able to tell you every just about every player on every team and what position they played and where they normally hit in the lineup. This was back in the time where they didn't fool with the lineups very much. You know, like Chipper Jones always hit third. It didn't matter who was pitching. It didn't matter where they were, what ballpark they were at. Didn't Who's matter. pitching today? It's Cy Young. It's every day. Yeah. Cy Young pitches exactly. every day. But uh, anyway. So, uh, you threw me off my train of thought. Right. That's me. That was me. Yeah. Can you believe that? You go. You yeah. go. Well, okay. So, so baseball free agency has not moved very quickly this year. There's something like over 100 free agents that were on teams, on rosters last year that have not been signed. And these are major league, major leaguers we're talking about. We're major not talking. Leaguers. We're not talking minor league prospects here. So, though, yeah, there's only that. 25 players per team. Yeah, and so it doesn't. It seems so like a essentially lot, right? four teams, right, four worth of free worth. agents that yeah. have not been signed that want to play now that are retiring. That would be like sixty NBA free agents that are still unsigned at yeah. this point. There was there was some action. There was a, a big trade this past week. The Phillies traded for Real Muto. They gave up some some prized uh, prospects, and unfortunately, I've, I think some other teams could have traded for him. Where. Okay, the Dodgers. I'm talking about the Dodgers. The Dodgers should have traded for him. They held on to their prospects like they always do, and they missed out on him. He's going to be great for the Phillies, especially if the Phillies compare him with Harper or Machado. They already have McCutcheon. They've already made a few a few moves to get some good, solid players in there. So Yeah, no, I think um, you know the Braves are going to be great. They were last year. They're going to be even better this year. Shout out Colt. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting race in the NL East. You're gonna have two really good teams and two. Uh, potentially pretty ugly teams. Although the teams that are pretty ugly like have the best pitching, right? The Nationals and the Mets. Well, the Nationals, when they're healthy, Scherzer is, is a lock. Yeah, Scherzer's a sure thing. You want to try that again? He's a sure thing. <laughs> Scherzer. Um, and That's then, like, remember the Dana Carvey stand-up <laughs> when he's talking about you can't say judicial without sounding judicial like... Judicial <laughs> system. Yeah. Exactly. Do it again. Sure, sure. Yeah, same thing. Okay. Um, then, then throw the max in front of it. Yeah, and then you got you got Degrom and, and Degrom, uh, and you got Thor, right? Thor, Syndergaard for the Mets. And so his nickname and his regular name are both really awesome. Yeah, there are very few people like that. Um, so, <laughs> so I think NL East will be fun to watch. I think Kung Fu Panda is a good one. Kung Fu Panda and Pablo Sandoval. Though that's a great name, Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, Kung Fu Panda. Um, Justin Verlander tweeted this out today. He said, "A hundred or so free agents left unsigned. System is broken. They blame rebuilding, but that's BS. I don't know what that stands for. You're telling me you couldn't sign Bryce or Manny for ten years and go from there? Seems like a good place to start a rebuild to me. 
26 to 36 is a great performance window too. So he's saying these teams are saying we're rebuilding, we're not looking to take on a, a huge contract. And his argument is, well, one way you can rebuild is to sign one of the or two, one or two of the top 10 players in baseball. Uh, seems like a good way to rebuild. And even if you're not rebuilding, if you're contending, seems like a good way to uh, to increase your odds, right? And it is weird that both of these players, there was so so much talk throughout the season how prized they will be as free agents. Um, are we going to see $400, $500 million contracts? And nothing so far. I mean, there have been meetings, right? There have been teams that reportedly have shown interest, the White Sox in Phillies, in Manny Machado, the Phillies, the Giants, Padres for Bryce Harper. Um, the Dodgers at one time were in the race for both, right? The Dodgers have been linked to both, yes, but it seems like the pocketbook is closed for some reason. The Yankees were looking into both as well. But it's February 11th, and the two best players on the market are still available. Catchers and pitchers for some teams report tomorrow for spring training, and most players are there by end of next week to spring training. Uh, it seems... It's unfathomable to unfathomable to me without fathom <laughs> that that their two best free agents, both twenty six years old in the prime of their career, with what? at least like what seven years window, like and Bryce Harper has been playing in the majors for like seven years. Yeah, there's like no other twenty six year old that has ever done that. That they're still unsigned, and so like some people say, oh well, it's Scott Boris, right? He's overvaluing at least for for Bryce Harper his agent he's overvaluing Bryce Harper he wants too much money maybe but like baseball doesn't have salary cap they do have a luxury tax but all these teams are making so much money right I mean even the ones that don't have the lucrative TV deals if you sign Bryce Harper guess what you're gonna get a lucrative TV deal so there, there's really no excuse from my perspective. It's not my money, okay? I'm not shelling out $300 million. But it seems like a pretty good return on your investment. Like, is Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, over the course of the next 10 years, going to bring in $300-plus to your franchise? I would guess so. Especially when it comes to the resale value. I'm surprised a lot of these uh, Major League Baseball owners are hanging onto their teams for as long as they do when the Miami Marlins of Miami... <laughs> South Florida were just sold for $2 billion. Yeah. So what do you think the Dodgers could get if they sold? The, the Red Sox, the Yankees, I mean, the I White know. Sox, these yeah. traditional powerhouse teams, what could they get on an open market right now? It's hard to say. There was a, there was a, actually a valuation they did for the NBA teams, and like the Knicks were like $3.7 The Lakers were like $3.5 billion. Ooh, Wait, the Knicks are worth more than the Lakers? Is it the Knicks, property value? Is it the property well, value? No, the, the Knicks, Knicks have... Always had like the biggest. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I, of course, uh, value and success are, are two different things in the oh business my goodness, room, right? Yeah. In this case, uh, crazy. But I I wanted to talk about something else. I, so the Real Muto trade. I I heard an interesting stat. There was a story that was out there. I forgot who. I wish I could credit this, but I tried to find it and I couldn't. I thought it was an ESPN article. I think it was something else, maybe a Florida-based thing. But um, of the twenty-three highest war players in Marlins history. So war is wins above replacement. So basically you take the average player mm -hmm. and how many wins would that player provide you over the average player? That's the war, the wins above a replacement player. Yeah. So it basically compares you to the rest of uh, the league in your position, right? The top 25 um, players in war in Marlins history 
Guess how many of them they kept until the end of their contract before uh, without trading them? So either they made it to free agency or whatever. One? Gary Sheffield? One. Who? Mike Lowell, I think. Mike Lowe? I think so. Someone Lowell, else. Lowell. I forgot who it was, but it was one. Okay, TJ Realmuto was their 16th highest war JT. player ever. What did I say, TJ? Yeah. JT, whatever. And he uh, and he was one of their best players on a really good contract, right? But the Marlins have only kept one player. The other player on that list was uh, Jose Fernandez. I think the Marlins are so such a bad organization. They had Giancarlo Stanton, yep. Christian Yelich, yep. JT Realmuto. MVP, MVP, one of the best young catchers in the league by every standard. But no, no, no. Take away young, best catcher in the yes. league, right? Um, who was the other Azuna. dude? Azuna. Azuna. They had a stacked team. They didn't have the pitching to go with it. D. Gordon. Yes, D. Gordon. They didn't have the pitching to go with it. But, like, that was a championship-caliber team that they wouldn't put any more money into. These players were now to the point where they needed to get paid. Stanton was already getting paid. And um, His, the ownership was looking to make money and not to maximize their money and, and to not improve the team. And that's just – it's sad. If you're If you're one of the ten Miami Marlins fans – you, I mean, it's like one of the biggest what ifs, right? What if you keep that roster together and you sign, you pick up Justin Verlander when the Astros did, right? You sign, uh, uh, I don't know, you, you trade trade one of those guys for Degrom, right? Or if Jose Fernandez doesn't get on that boat, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so I, I feel, I, I don't. Maybe they have all sorts of prospects. And they're trying to build the farm system. Maybe they're trying to do what the Dodgers have done and what the Astros have done, which is build from within. But that's asking. But your, like they were already there. Yeah, that's asking your team and your team and your players and your fans for a lot of patience that they haven't earned in the last little while. I mean, the I know the city of Miami has felt betrayed by that team a lot. But uh, something else I want to talk about is uh, news that broke today, pretty recently actually, the last few hours, is that Kyler Murray has made a decision. Anthony. Yeah, this is a quote from Kyler Murray. Moving forward, I am firmly and fully committing my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. Football has been my love and passion my entire life, blah, 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 blah. So he got a huge bonus from the A's to sign with them. Yeah, like five-something million. Does he give that back? Yes. He yeah, has to so give he, that back to them. Yeah, so he was paid, I think it was uh, 1.9, something under $2 million of that already, of that signing bonus. Um, and he has to pay like a million and a half back. He gets to keep some of it because they retain his rights if he ever does decide to play baseball. So essentially he got a few hundred thousand dollars for being drafted, for them keeping his rights, uh, and now he's going to go play football and make wow. more money, but at, he, at least on his rookie contract. Right, but he couldn't. He didn't have access to that money as he was an NCAA quarterback because of NBA rules that don't allow talented young people to get paid money. Yeah, something like that. Interesting. So my thing with this is... Uh, he was playing coy with it so much, and people would ask him questions. It was like, weird. It was super weird to the point where it was awkward. Anytime he did an interview and said, okay, we're going to ask the question that everyone's asking Heisman, quarterback, what are your plans for the future? Is it baseball or football? And he'd be like, oh. We'll see. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. you got to give us more than that, Kyler. Yeah. Like, well, especially because like, what, what did he gain from that? Like, One, maybe he didn't have his mind made up, okay, and... and- so have a better statement than I don't know, right? And and poor poor athletics, who were they going Oakland, to get a yeah, yeah. who were going to get a major draw into their stadium, even if he wasn't playing very well, and it probably would have been a couple of years till he was able to make it into the the sure. A's uh, major league team. Yeah. He was going to probably play in the minors for a few years. And that probably factored into his decision. He could play professional 
play professionally a lot sooner if you went NFL. Yeah, and if he gets drafted in the first round, he'll make a lot more money than he would have with the A's. Absolutely. So baseball contracts are so merit-based, and people don't really understand that, that when you go to the NFL, you get drafted high. On you potential. Could, yeah, you get you don't play well. You still get paid as a first-round contract, right? Mm-hmm. Which is good money, really good money. But in baseball, you go, you get drafted high. You go to the minor league system, you get paid less than the minimum wage, basically, to, to bust your butt and drive on buses yeah. everywhere. And it's really crazy. Sometimes you get, get a high signing bonus, or sometimes you'll 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 still make an okay salary in the low hundreds of thousands, right? Right, but for the most part, for these the most guys part, have to grind it out yeah. and make less than minimum wage. And then... Uh, and, and you're under team control for six, seven years, right. and then you have arbitration and... Right. And yeah. so, so what happens is, unless you really, really perform in the minors and make it to the majors and play really well for a year or two in the majors under that contract, then you get paid. Yeah. So Kyler Murray made the right financial decision, the sure, more guaranteed financial decision, where if he goes to the, the majors and he can't quite hit, maybe he's there's a hitch in a swing that the that professional pitchers can take advantage mm-hmm. of it, that we just don't see. And honestly, who has watched Kyler Murray play baseball? Raise your hand if you've watched Kyler Murray play baseball. All of you that are fake raising your hand right now, put him down. We You're lying. You. That's BS. No one's watched him. There's that BS word again. What does that mean? It means big story. At least that's what my Grandpa Larry would tell my mom growing up. Mm. Uh, I wonder if Grandpa Larry listens. Grandpa Larry, if you listen, yeah. send me an email. Like, Let me know. Well, and then there's then there's the injury factor, right? I wonder how he's doing, doing Grandpa You know, if he Larry. gets injured on his rookie contract, there's a guaranteed portion of that. I bet he's fishing right that. now. What time is it? I bet he's fishing. In baseball, there it's all guaranteed. Oh, yeah. So he he's would get fishing. It. But you're on a lower contract, right? Um... I mean, you look at someone like John Wall, right? John Wall's in, what, the second year of his max contract. He's going to be paid uh, something $40 million plus for the next three years. He just tore his ACL. If he would have instead played out this season and tested free agency, uh, he would get a DeMarcus Cousins $5 million type of deal, right? And so um, it's it's hard to disagree with anyone who decides to take the money, right? And he's saying that football is his love, his passion, whatever. Um, and if that's the case, great. It's it's both a wise economic and personal decision, right? And, and if it's not his first love, if baseball is more his love, but he was afraid of, of not ever reaching that big payday, I mean, $5 million is still a lot yeah. for a signing bonus. But still, a lot more he's, potential he's, he's in the make, NFL. He's going to make that guaranteed in a year or two in the NFL anyway, right? Yeah. Plus the endorsement deals and stuff. No one's going to want to pay a minor league baseball player to, to rep their brand. Yeah. But people are going to, to run to Kyler Murray, even if he's a second-string quarterback. Well, no, because he's a he's a big name and he's getting all this attention. So I think sponsors are gonna. I mean, people are gonna want him as one of their athletes representing their their products and stuff. So I think he made the right decision when it comes to him. And if it's true that that football really is his passion, it's what he wants to do. You do you. You go and do what it is you feel like you want to do and what you're best at. What you're gonna have the most joy doing. And by the way, make more money doing it. Why not, mm-hmm. right? And Jacksonville needs a quarterback, dude. If Jacksonville, Kyler Murray, I I don't know. That Blake Bortles situation. I've given up on trying to talk to the Jaguars about their quarterback situation. They never pay attention and listen to me. Mm. All right. Well, speaking of speaking of football, we talked about some football stuff. And uh, you watched the AAF game, right? Oh, the, yeah. The American Alliance of Football, the Alliance of American Football, or the All-American Football, or whatever it is. What is it called? Uh, definitely has those words in it that you said before. Well, let's call it the AF. AF. Uh, the AF is is a just fine league. 
Well, from, well, uh, from what I could tell. Okay, but, so, but so, so, okay. So, so, so I sent you a text. Trust me. Okay. okay. So what does the F lack? <laughs> Thank you. It's a, I tried. I tried to stop you. Like we need some sort of like safe word, so I can be like whiskey, and then you'll stop and let me say whatever I need to say. So you know yeah. this is important. Aflac. What does the af? The Aflac's uh, decent quarterback play, for sure. So okay, we watched the uh, San. Mm, yeah, San Antonio, San Diego. It doesn't. Matter. It was like the San Antonio commuters, like commuter train or something. I don't know what their name was. Something with a C. Commanders maybe, and then the San Diego whatevers uh they got into a really Did, i bet san diego has a stadium to play it <laughs> yeah, i think they do <laughs> um chargers yeah so uh, they they uh you know they played a football game and it kind of looked like a bad college football game hmm. right um like they were definitely running plays cool. <laughs> they knew where to be on the field linemen brought blocked the right people most of the time you, um, you don't know what you're looking at you don't know <laughs> Well, I mean, they blocked the right team. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that you can't They didn't block their own players. That has happened before. Uh, there were no butt fumbles. So, you know. Can you believe Tim Tebow was sitting on the bench when that happened? I can't believe Tim Tebow isn't headlining this league. He's a... He's a I, the Mets might bring him up. Yeah, no, they will. If for nothing else, then for the ticket sales. For the ticket sales, yeah. Right? Plus, um, plus you get that halo around your dugout, and you can be filled with all sorts of other terrible things that no one notices. Yeah. Because the Tim Tebow halo Here, will save you. Here's the thing. I texted you that, From that a PR this standpoint. San Antonio-San Diego football game that I was watching was more exciting than the Super Bowl. Not that it was better football than the Super Bowl. It, That's two it, different things. If it actually was objectively correct, was not better than the Super Bowl. Anytime we can be objectively correct on this show, I, I tend to say no. But it was exciting. But that makes sense. It was exciting. Uh, Is it because, because it you knew every unknowns? pass thrown was a 50-50 ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was like <laughs> heads up, seven up. Three flags. Or what is it called? Is that what it is? Three flies. Three, when we throw it in the air. And there's like just a bunch of people there. Yeah, everyone tries to catch. It's basically a Hail Mary. Yeah. We did it with every baseball. Pass, we did it with football. Yeah. And... Uh, there at one point, uh, I think the quarterbacks had combined for like four interceptions and no touchdowns in this game. Yeah, uh, so stellar quarterback play was not on display. Um, Apparently, there are only like five good quarterbacks in the world. We can't find any yeah, other good quarterbacks. There, there's 15 bad quarterbacks in the NFL. So right. they, So the AF does not stand any chance. So that's what the AF lacks. The AF lacks quarterback play. Yeah. But the NFL likes good quarter play too right now. Mm-hmm. Isn't uh, that hard to do? It, it must be one of the hardest things to do in sports. It really must be because it must be. Yeah, we talk about it. Look at all these college quarterbacks that look really great in college. They make it to the pros and they they're just a shambles. They can pass the ball, right? I mean, they can some, obviously, some well and in defense. Yeah, some look like they can pass the ball really well because they're throwing into really wide open spaces. So a throw that looks really good in, in, sure. in college, all you of just sudden, out, out talent the other team. Yeah, right? and, and that happens a lot more in college than it does in uh, in the pros. So okay, but I but I like I like the idea of this league. Okay, I like the idea of a minor league football, a, mi- a minor football league, minor minor league football. That was really hard for you. Of players. Association. Um, Now, I don't know if any NFL team, I'm assuming they're going to have, if it's not already there, it will be moving forward that you can't play both on an NFL team and then in the offseason play in this league because just injuries. 
I mean, no, I, no player's going to do that to themselves. Their body's going to Any, so any up good anyway. player will not do it, right? But I think one of the kickers in the game I was watching actually kicked for the Chargers earlier in the season. There you go. So, um, But I like this idea probably because... the best player on their team. <laughs> positions like that, though, like kickers, Punter. Right? Punter. Box snapper. Um, even, even quarterbacks that didn't get a shot at the NFL, like a Kurt Warner type situation, he started off in arena football. Yeah. So is this right? like the new arena football, you think? Well, I think in, in, in the sense that that's where you go if you don't make the NFL, yes. But but the rules are very similar to the NFL. The field size is the same as the NFL, right? And so I think it's going to look much more like NFL football. It's going to look like Division II football, college football. Mm, I, mean, I see what you're saying. So yeah. that, that's the comparison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this might this opens up some interesting stuff. So Major League Baseball has had a minor league system for forever. The NBA is getting more serious about its G League, yeah. which is its minor leagues, basically. And now football doing something similar makes sense to me. But the thing is, there there's these like separate leagues, these fractured leagues. Mm-hmm. These leagues have never lasted. The the, right. the there was the one that that Steve Young signed with when he came out of college. He signed the what, which was at the time the biggest contract in sports history. Mm-hmm. That fell through. That league crumbled. I doubt these leagues will last very long. But man, they got a lot of viewers and they got a lot of press yeah for playing bad football of like a week after five days after the super bowl yeah and i, I think it, it fills it fills a niche right like if you're just football obsessed there is no football to watch right now and, and football obsessed describes most football fans like if yeah. you're a football fan you're a way into it um the, the other thing is that you know no, there's no opportunity for a player that's been injured out of the league, right? They they got injured, and there's no team that will take a chance on them, or a player that doesn't get drafted to the NFL. There's nowhere else to go, right? In basketball, you go to China. Okay, mm-hmm. baseball, you go to Japan. What are you What are you looking at? Stop hitting the table. Oh, I'm sorry. Like the sound that you're hearing? That's Anthony hitting the table with every other sentence he says. <laughs> What do you do with your hands now? You don't you don't know what to do. Watching just watch for the rest of the show about what Anthony does with his hands. I didn't want to bring it up, but I felt like I felt like the audience was going to hear that a lot, and I was going to start. Well, you've done distracting. it like eight more times than I ever did it. I have not. So I think this league is good for those types of players. Thanks, David. You bet. Kareem Hunt got signed by the Browns. <laughs> your hands are in your pockets. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about this with baseball. And how it doesn't matter what you do, it seems, or how terrible what you uh, what it is that you did. It doesn't matter if it was caught on camera. Apparently, unless your name is Ray Rice, you will find a place to play again. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I think there are situations where second chances are fine. Mm-hmm. What? Do you want to do a sports show or not? I, I, well, not... Not today, but it just seems like you're having a hard time talking without your hands now that they're in your pockets. Okay. I'm not saying that was my intention. No. Go ahead. About what? I don't know. Finish the show. All right, cool. So if you can believe it, I haven't had a lot of chances to talk today. So it feels good to, to be given the platform for a minute. So with this Kareem Hunt thing, we both figured that he would get signed somewhere that someone that talented and that dynamic of a receiver out of the backfield and as a runner would not be left out of the league. He was too good to be kept out of the league. Josh Gordon was kind of the same thing, where he had consistently had these problems with the with the drug policies of the NFL, but we knew he'd be signed somewhere. He landed with the Patriots, ended up not being on the team, and no one was talking about that. 
and they won the Super Bowl anyway, right? So then Kareem Hunt, who some might say is a more valuable and dynamic player because what he does in his position, he does things beyond what a, a good running back is expected to do. Josh Gordon is a good receiver, but he's not doing things that uh, a good running back is expected to do or a good tight end is expected to do. He's just doing the things that a good receiver is expected to do. So then in comes Kareem Hunt, and he does things that uh, things beyond what a running back can do, and he does it at an elite level. So we figured he would be signed, but a week after the Super Bowl, it might seem a little quick. And the Browns said that they'd done their homework and they interviewed people. They, they believe in Kareem Hunt and all this stuff. But it just makes you feel a little bit icky that the league talks about how they are going to be progressive when it comes to punishing players for uh, domestic violence issues and especially when it comes to uh, violence against women, which is something that the league had shied away from so much during the Ray Rice situation. They just wanted to stay completely away from it, get rid of Ray Rice. He didn't play another snap in the league. But then this Kareem Hunt guy does basically the exact same thing. It's also caught on camera. And now he's back in the league days after the end of the season. Yeah, and to be clear, he's hasn't been cleared to play by the NFL. No, so he's, he's still, still, still under the, investigation. Yeah, and it's still on, he's still on the commissioner's exempt list, I guess, which means he can be on a team, but he's not going to get paid until he's off the list. Yeah, so so the Browns are exempt from paying him. Yeah, so he signed a one-year deal. He may never play for the Browns, uh, but they would have his rights. Um moving forward so you know if he if he ever is clear to play again at least they they have that and but honestly they don't need him like they have chubb and they have uh who else what's the other dude's name they have two good running backs they don't need him so it kind of felt weird why why do it like why just from a pr standpoint why do it and does the pr hit matter all that much I mean, the Patriots organization is kind of teflon they can do whatever they want really but they signed josh gordon and everyone was just like oh okay yeah. They were like, maybe maybe their organization can change him. They're like the girlfriend that can change the bad boy, right? That's, the, that's kind of what the Patriots' reputation is. But the Browns signing Kareem Hunt feels like the opposite of that. It almost feels like a, an organization that is a bad girlfriend getting that bad boy and not wanting to change him. It, it's just a different vibe. I'm not saying that's what's going on. I'm not saying the Browns are going to breed a bad environment for uh, Kareem Hunt. But what I am saying is, it just feels a little soon, and it feels like while the NFL is coming out and saying they want to be on the forefront of protecting women and stuff like that, it seems like it just comes down to a business. Can Kareem Hunt help your team? Yes. Therefore, he gets onto a team as soon as possible. Yeah, and you know the Browns—they're already heading in a good direction. They had their—they have their quarterback finally after I don't know 30 years. They have a quarterback, and um, they have serviceable running backs new head coach they have like, decent wide they have consistent wide receivers yeah so like i feel like they could have just you know Good tight end come back with the same crew they had and continue the momentum like if you if you played the the season from the halfway point on browns win the division and i guess from from the browns point of view this guy's desperate to be in the league he'll play his heart out for anybody yeah. whether he's a second string third string guy just a third down back whatever He's going to want to play hard because so, he wants to get back in the NFL and do what he loves to do and what he's, like, just like Kyler Murray said, what he, his passion, what he loves to do. And, uh, and, and from a financial standpoint, are you going to have to pay him very much money if he's so desperate to be in the league? Probably not. <laughs>